Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Is a sentence that will be true in the year 2020. Jeff is off. I am Scott with you until 3 o'clock as the Wagner holiday sabbatical now really gets into hyper gear. Kyle Pachinski producing the big program so that Gru can spend his holiday with Jeff as well. They do everything together. They go on trips together. They vacation together. It's great. But the relationship between a producer and host is important. And they have as tight a bond as you'll ever see in the radio industry. Last night, I was at the Bucks game. I went to the Bucks game. I went to the Bucks and the Lakers, which, you know, is, was, is, was the biggest regular season NBA game in the history of the National Basketball Association. Uh, the Bucks salvaged their season with a win over the Lakers, and now they're on a trajectory for an NBA championship, right? That's how I see it. The other morning when I was in for Steve on Tuesday, I lamented the fact that the loss on Monday night was a real turning point for this team. And we kind of deadpan for about two, three minutes and then went to break and never came back and people thought we were serious. Because after the loss on Monday and Tuesday morning, I came on and said that this this team needs a recalibration. And they got it. It's all a joke, folks. It's just a regular season game in December. It was fun last night, though. The atmosphere was decent. Uh, the people who I've told here that I was at, uh, whom I've told that I was at the game, have said, "Oh, was it wild? Was it crazy? It was. It was good. It, it, it was what a mid-December regular season game should be. The atmosphere it was, it was pretty much a packed house. I guess there were standing room only tickets that were going for uh, what close to a hundred dollars, triple figures, things like that. I guess, and you know, LeBron's in town. I was trying to think. I think it's the first time I've ever saw LeBron James in person." I don't think I ever went to a game when he was with Cleveland or Miami or Cleveland again. A lot of LeBron James jerseys, though, which I think would be as expected, right? A lot of gold, or is it yellow? Is it yellow and purple or gold and purple? Whatever. A lot of yellow jerseys, gold jerseys around the arena, dotting Pfizer Forum, LeBron James jerseys and things like that. But oh, it was great. Giannis hitting threes. Um... This headline, (laughs) I don't know how to react to this. This is from The Hill. The headline is this. Obama spotted golfing as Trump was getting impeached. Former President Obama was spotted hitting the links in Hawaii, his home state, as House lawmakers barreled toward his successor's impeachment on Wednesday, according to multiple reports. Footage and photos obtained by TMZ and later People magazine showed the former president playing around in Kailua during the day. According to both publications, Obama was playing at the town's Mid-Pacific Country Club. 
The video obtained by TMZ shows clips of Obama smiling while waving at the camera and taking swings with several others in sunny temperatures. The visit reportedly took place on Wednesday amid the House's impeachment proceedings, which, of course, eventually led to Trump being the third president in U.S. history to be impeached by Congress. I mean, <laughs> I just I read it and I went, okay, what exactly... What exactly, I'm sorry, but I just find it funny. What exactly would you have liked President Obama to be doing during the impeachment proceedings? I, I just, I don't know. I, uh, he should have been in front of a TV watching every minute of the proceedings. I mean, so what? He was golfing. What did you want him to be doing? What was, what was former President George W. Bush doing? I don't know. I don't care. What was Jimmy Carter doing? Hopefully resting peacefully, calmly somewhere. Um, what was former President Clinton doing uh, during? I mean, I, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't know. Is it just me? Obama spotted golfing as Trump was getting impeached. I, okay. What What could he or what could any of the former presidents be doing to make you feel like that's what they should be doing? Well, I don't know how to answer that question. Do you? What 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 should they have been? What should Obama have been doing? He's in Hawaii though. He's on that Hawaii time. He like whatever is going on in D.C. is hours and hours away. He's he's got that full, you know, like seven eight hours of his day already planned out. He doesn't have to worry about impeachment until later in the day. <laughs> I mean, maybe okay. I. Yes, and somebody on the 262 is pointing out it's a subtle, you know, swing at Trump who loves golf even more than the impeached president. I, I, okay, I just I just thought it's kind of a... I don't, I don't know what I should be expecting. But I, I would like to know, I guess, then what our other former pre- living presidents were doing as the president was being impeached. So everybody calm down now? Boy, yesterday, and I know, Kyle, you were out yesterday. Yesterday, we spent the first hour of the show, and it was... We were fired up. Things were happening. We People were upset. We had anger. We had rage. We had energy. We had juice. We had vitriol for a full hour from people across the political spectrum. Hopefully now it's 48 hours later. Maybe some people have just kind of allowed it to settle down, settle in a little bit, calm down a little bit, get ready for the holidays, channel some of that rage as you go out there and shop for for our Christmas gifters. Channel that rage into the lines at the stores for people who still go to stores. And by the way, I'm going to bring that up in a little while because as they're looking back, now we are entering the, well, the week or so, 10-day era period where we now look back at 2019 in any number of ways. And in terms of stores, more than 9,300 stores closed in 2019. Uh, that is the report that was put out. U.S. retailers announced those store closings, which is a substantial jump from 2018. I'm going to get into that. Also, a middle school principal in Des Moines um, is apologizing for taking the pizzas away from the particular class because, well, we'll get to that as well. And California has come up with an idea for the homeless. We have lamented the homeless situation here in this city, on this show and in other shows, and there is no single state 
I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel safe in saying there is no state that has had to deal, well, rightly or wrongly, with homeless and homelessness as an epidemic. No state more so than California. Well, they have a proposal to deal with all that homelessness. It's very interesting. It's very intriguing. It's very expensive, oh, by the way. We'll get into that as well. Also, as I said with um, Steve, 2 o'clock hour. It's a Friday, so of course 2 o'clock hour Friday when Jeff is here is reserved for Pop Culture Corner. He has full rights to that, that moniker and that feature. I do not want to tread on that, so I will step back. We will not do Pop Culture Corner this Friday because he's out, but what we will do is we will have some working title here, Friday Frivolity, Friday Fun, Friday Foolishness, something alliterative, so we'll still work on the title. And I will have some fun by discussing the most, your most, your most annoying holiday tradition. Your most annoying holiday practice. Is there something that you, your family does, or maybe used to do when you were a kid? Is there something that just maybe a certain relative always does? Is it, you know, Aunt Claire, who always brings over the fruitcake and insists everybody eat the fruitcake, and everybody tries the fruitcake even though they don't like the fruitcake? Maybe it's Christmas letters. Maybe you're the one who is always getting the Christmas letter, and it's just a brag letter. Maybe it's, it could be anything. There's no wrong answer. But I'm willing to bet that if you were to be honest with yourself, there is something During this holiday season, whether you celebrate Hanukkah, whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, the New Year's, whatever, there is something to the holiday you celebrate that just kind of gets under your skin. A couple people have already texted in. Don't text in now because I'm going to lose it here in the course of a couple hours. It'll get lost in all the other texts that come in, he said, hopefully. And so we'll wait to do that after 2 o'clock. So start thinking now. Friday frivolity, the last Friday before the Christmas week, your holiday annoyance. Okay? That's what we're going to have some fun with in a couple hours. But at 12.20, when we come back, we'll talk shopping, we'll talk stores, what the heck happened in 2019, and are you optimistic moving forward? Because despite the large numbers when it comes to the chains and some of the names, some of the, you know, some of the real common popular names of stores that are no more and closed up shop literally in 2019 there there is some optimism moving forward which kind of surprised me once you parse through all some of the eye-popping numbers in terms of closures so we'll get into that it's a friday pre-christmas edition of the jeff wagner show i'm scott warris you're listening to jeff wagner on wtmj How does this happen? Have you seen the video? This is in Cozumel, Mexico. Two carnival cruise ships. And I mean massive cruise ships, not, you know, just a a yacht or something. Uh, Two massive cruise ships, as the Mirror reports, crash into each other as onlookers scream in fear. It's two giant carnival cruise vessels. So this isn't some no-name, rinky-dink operation here. This is carnival. 
carrying hundreds of people. They come together as an onlooker reports aloud. I just was watching this during the break. Terrified holidaymakers were evacuated from the dining room of the Carnival Glory after it smashed into the Carnival Legend near the Cozumel, Mexico port. Wow. I always wonder how something like that really happens. Um, terrified passengers on a, on a third ship watching it say, he's going to hit us. People are tweeting this out. We are assessing damage to both ships. There's one reported minor injury of a Carnival Glory guest that occurred when a group of guests were evacuated from the dining room on gates three and four. I, I just... Hmm. Wow. Some of the photos and the video is amazing. Uh, let's see. In a statement, Carnival said the Carnival Glory was maneuvering to dock when it collided with Carnival Legend, which was already alongside. I always wonder how these things happen. When you, when you give these ships this big, it's not as if a, you know, a ship can creep up and get in the blind spot of the captain. Oh, I didn't see him. He's in my blind spot. It really doesn't happen. And yet I guess it shows just what a skill it is to be able to maneuver these things around a knife. Anyway, okay. So in the year 2019, which has just now, after today, 10 days left. The announcement made that 9,300 stores have closed. That's 60, basically 60% more from last year, from 2018. It's the highest number since uh, one of the most respected tracking agencies started following the data back in 2012. Bankruptcies in the retail sector intensified this year, and many struggling chains cut stores. That led to a spike in closings. Think of some of the names. Jim Bree, Payless, uh, Shopko, among some of the most famous names, recognizable names that filed for bankruptcy. They closed a combined 3,700-plus stores. The majority were Payless because they filed for bankruptcy, and about 2,100 stores were out. Uh, let's see. Discount chain Fred's filed for bankruptcy in September. 560 stores. Forever 21 filed for bankruptcy that month. It'll close up to almost 200 stores. Things like that. Thousands more could be on the way in the coming years as, of course, online shopping continues to replace purchases at physical stores and eat into retailers' profits. High debt levels and rent have burdened traditional retailers. Here's my question at 855-616-1620. That is, of course, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Have you yourself found that as the trend of online shopping you know, becomes more and more commonplace, more and more popular, do you fall into that trend or do you buck that trend? And if you buck that trend, is it done intentionally or do you still prefer to go to the true brick-and-mortar source? Now, here we sit just a few days out from Christmas, and it is obviously easier to shop online for those last-minute gifts, especially if you want them overnighted or a uh, short turnaround. However, with the, you know, the, uh, the, the package delivery system, as busy as that gets, the tighter you get to Christmas, you might be better off going into the physical stores and shopping. Macy's this year, as of this week, Macy's, is the worst stock on the S&P 500 this year. How about that? They've lost 49%. Gap, L Brands, Kohl's, and Nordstrom were in the bottom 20 on the index as well. 
And as I talk about, the online sales continue to make up around 16% of retail sales today, but most experts say by, well, seven years from now, it'll be up to 25%. That could force up to 75,000 more stores to close by 2026. It is doom and gloom. I think it's painted as doom and gloom for a lot of retailers out there. But do you buck the trend? Because I have a feeling that in some way, shape, or form, there's going to be a reversal at some point. Maybe that's too strong a word. If not a full reversal whereby online sales start dropping, I don't think that'll ever happen again. But I think at some point, the rapidity of these brick-and-mortar stores from closing, I th- my gut just tells me that that will at some point start to slow down a little bit. The tide will if not altogether turn, it will definitely maybe slow down a little bit. Do you agree with me? 855-616-1620. We continue in a moment on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Twelve thirty-one. John and others, hang on the line if you're uh, on the line. Hold on. Otherwise, 855-616-1620. We'll get to your calls in just a moment after the news. But again, the question I have is, you know, the headline reads, more than 9,300 stores physically closed in 2019. It's doom and gloom, except for, I guess, one area of retail. And that actually might be trending upward, so to speak. But Broadly speaking, if you try to buck that trend, as great, as convenient as online shopping is, there are times, and maybe this is one of them, where being able to go into that store and buy that thing, try that piece of clothing on physically and then buy it, which I prefer, um, or just being able to go and see and touch and do and walk and all that stuff. Malls, for example. Interesting little research number on the malls as well when it comes to a very young demographic. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Yeah, there are cookies aplenty. Did you did you get some kind? Oh, are you a cookie guy? Are you a sweets guy? Do you have a sweet tooth? Not until the uh, late night. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, we, we got cookies, we got muffins, and it's only the 20th. But we better enjoy it now because nobody's going to be here. Well, we'll be here on Monday, but very few others will. All right, back to the phones, 855-616-1620. That's a new number. If you are late to the party, if you're in and out, 855-616-1620. It is still the Acumen Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And uh, we were discussing... The fact that in 2019, more than 9,300 stores closed. The gloom and doom. Online entity, online sales, online shopping, killing brick and mortar. That's a narrative, right? Do you fight that narrative? Do you try to intentionally buck the trend? Or do you just say, no, I still stick with brick and mortar? He's been patient. He's in Madison. He is John. Hi, John. Oh, John. John, are you there? John was so patient. I can hear. I, I can hear the. I can hear him. John was. John was waiting online for almost twelve, thirteen minutes. Waited. Look at this, John. Oh, John. He's gonna be really mad if we hang up on him, though. That's the. Th- oh, and he just hung up on himself. 
Oh, John, all that, John. And yeah. But he, here's the thing. That was disappointing. John let us down. You can get on board, 855-616-1620. Here's the thing that I find interesting, though. I mentioned the stores that closed. Mentioned Macy's had a horrible, you know, from a stock perspective, the worst on the S&P 500 this year, 49%. The area that is thriving or improving, shall we say, is, um, for example, the lower... Uh, what would we say? The, the lower end stores, like Dollar General, for example. Dollar General announced it opened 975 stores this year, a similar number to previous years. In fact, retailers announced over 4,300 openings when it comes to the discount sector. The discount sector. All right? So that's where the optimism lies. Let's uh, go back to the phones. James in uh, Milwaukee. James, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. All right. All right. We'll uh, once you put, we'll put them back on hold. We'll let you guys settle that up. Let's take the break. We'll get the phone situation straightened away. If you're on the line, hang on. We'll get you straightened away. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Scott in for Jeff, and we'll be back in just a moment right here on WTMJ. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. All right. Let's try this again. All right. He's called back. And fingers crossed here. <laughs> John, oh, I, I heard him laugh. John, you're laughing I'm at here. us. Yes. All right, we got it. Just... Oh, man, we, get, we we have some of the Christmas elves, and some of the Christmas elves are, are playing with some of the wiring behind the scenes. Okay, John, in you Madison, what, what is it? You know what it is? I, I laid off the Christmas cookies this year. That's what it is. So my there's, there's a lot of sugar pumping through the veins. It's pretty great. <laughs> All right, go at it. Sorry, come on, Dan. So I had this crazy experience. Maybe it wasn't that crazy. I have a pretty mundane sense of humor. So like a lot of people I, I i did most of my shopping this year i tried to shop local right but you know i'm still kind of guilty i found a couple things on amazon one of them is my 86 year old grandmother's gift it gets to my place and i open it up and it's crap you know i'm not going to give grandma crap and it's like all right you can return this at kohl's i'm a kohl's guy mm-hmm. so i gathered my 1800 slips of paper from kohl's for all of my discounts and i went to the store in madison to return my uh, to return the item, and I couldn't believe it. First of all, they give you a coupon for returning something from for Amazon at Kohl's, uh, so you can shop more at Kohl's. There's another twenty five percent on top of your Kohl's cash and everything else. But it was funny to me, and I wanted to share that it's like all these retailers are closing, and here's Kohl's like getting into bed with the Grim Reaper, you know? I mean, it's like, Amazon, we're coming for you, but why don't why don't you help us, you know, well, see, in the meantime? But see, you know? and, and, and we talked about it at the time when they did this. I don't, like, I don't have anything wrong with what Kohl's in your in this example is doing. I mean, do, no, do, no, it's great. Oh, I just okay. thought it was kind of ironic, you know? Oh, right. I think it's, well, I think, it's, I mean, it's ironic, so but, but it, it's ironic, but it's smart. If you can't beat them, join them. I mean, let, let's let's join forces. Let's combine our powers for good in this regard, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think so. But I just thought it was kind of amazing. And then, you know, again, also the 25, uh, uh, 25% off coupon, it was like, all right, well, now here I'm at Kohl's, and I've got a couple more things to buy, and we'll go find Grandma something that isn't crap. So. Right. 
uh, you know, but uh, yeah, that that was kind of my story. I thought it was so, a little ironic. So will silly, you? But, but but back to the original question: Will you intentionally try to shop brick and mortar versus online just to kind of buck the trend, or do you just prefer that method in general? I think it depends on what I'm going for in the individual, you know. Um, but for the most part, this year, last year, I, I think I did most of my shopping online. This year. Um, I would say about 90% of what I bought were local businesses in Madison. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there were just those few things that I couldn't get anywhere else. And so I went to Amazon and it was easy and here we are. Gotcha. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you calling back as well. 855-616-1620. I went to a new Dollar General that opened up in uh, West Dallas not too long ago. I have not, I think it was probably the first time I've ever been inside a Dollar General. I've been to Dollar Tree. Dollar General, though. Have you been to a Dollar General? You, let me just say, it, it's not what you think. It is not what you think. James in Milwaukee. Hi, James. You're on WTMJ. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Go for it. Um, so, you know, I, I, um, I did all my shopping this year uh, online, and I, I, I get the, the love affair that we have with supporting local businesses, and I'm not going to say that that's not – something that drives people but i just think it's not about convenience anymore it's about bottom line like how do you beat being able to jump online and grab something that's going to be at your house in some cases the next day or late they're working on later that day you know it's it's um from a competition standpoint it's just so expensive for a traditional retailer to you know have a warehouse drive stuff to a local store put it on a shelf and have it sit there until i arbitrarily you know, walk by and grab it, I, I don't see, I don't know. I, I'd love to hear your argument as to why you think it would rebound. It may plateau a little bit at some point, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see, uh, I don't see sure. it changing anytime soon, you know? Here's what I got, and I'll let you go, James. James on an EKG monitor or something like that. Um, here's why I think, and maybe rebound is too strong a word, but I think it will slowly Maybe plateau. I'll, I'll steal your word there, bud. It'll plateau. Because in this article, as it was outlined about all the woes in 2019, and then they talk about that some retailers are opening stores, however, in the discount sector, I mentioned Dollar General, um, Ollie's Bargain Outlet, um, not familiar, Five Below expanded this year, Aldi, Aldi is exploding Okay, discount uh, Aldi opened hundreds of stores in the U.S. shopping cheap groceries. Here's the other thing that really surprised me. Analysts said in a report that malls, get this, malls are benefiting from the refreshing influence of Generation Zers who prefer to shop in stores and are driving traffic back to brick and mortar retail. Okay, online brands will open stores, food and beverage concepts are growing, gyms and fitness concepts are spreading, and pop-up stores continue to be a popular tool for many retailers. So admittedly, this is really the first time where I've kind of, because I just, you know, like most people go, well, online will be the ruin of of all brick and mortar. This is really the first time where I've seen some hard and fast, you know, numbers, data that say, well... Yes, online has no, you know, that doesn't necessarily show that it's, 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 it's gonna 
slowed down or, or, or it's, it's, it's going to continue just steamrolling, but it may slow down a little bit. There may, as I said before, may be a little bit of a slowing to the tide, so to speak, when you think about what? What, what do Dollar General, what do Aldi, Five Below, what do some of those stores have in common? It's, it, it's bottom line price. Uh, the, was it James? Is that what it was? James made the point like it's it, ease of purchasing. Yes. The ability to sit down in my pajamas and order whatever I want to order and it'll be at my doorstep tomorrow and I never even have to leave my house. That is as easy as it gets. There, there's, it's going to be very difficult for brick and mortar to ever compete with the type of ease. But what's the one thing that can beat convenience in my mind, what's the one thing that can be convenience, the convenience of shopping, the price, the price. I, I as as lazy a society as we are, I think that if if things are cheaper, if people know that they can get something cheaper by putting on their best sweatpants, as it were, I'm trying to think of the most basic thing you can wear and still go outside. The most, <laughs> Put on your sweatpants, put on your Packers hoodie, throw on your winter coat, go outside, go to Aldi, go to Dollar General, go to one of these discount-type stores that tout themselves for having lower prices. It may be a little bit less convenient than being able to sit in your pajamas and order what you need online, but I'm willing to bet that if there's one thing that Americans appreciate more than convenience it's cheaper stuff that's the one thing i think that can trump the convenience factor we'll see online's not going anywhere online will continue to churn it'll be more popular i get all that but i think we may see some tempering of the momentum if you catch my drift remember the lesson for today if you take nothing else from the show the lesson from today is that americans like what They like cheap more than convenience. Nine two zero makes a good point. Items online are usually cheaper. Yeah, generally speaking. But like I said, I went to Dollar General for the first time. I've been to Dollar Trees, Dollar Stores, but never a Dollar General, and I was impressed. I was expecting, what can I say? I was expecting, you know, low quality, just maybe just some <laughs> some not good stuff. You know, it, what am I trying to say? I was expecting some very poor items. And there's some name brand stuff. Not everything is a dollar. I know that. But it was still pretty cheap. I was impressed. They have groceries at Dollar General, too. I know many of you know this already. I didn't. They have groceries at Dollar General. You know, some of the things I, I've said for a long time. I I was late to the Aldi party. I've been going to Aldi now for well, close to probably seven or eight years, but they've been around a little longer than that. I was late to the Aldi. I cannot believe this. Stuff. I want cheap. I want cheap. And if it means i got to go out and it's cold, but it's cheaper... I will go and shop because it is, you know, cheaper. Somebody's saying I need to check out a five below. 
Is five below a clothing? Here, look at me, my ignorance here. Five below, is that clothing, right? Store. Five below. Uh, let's see. Five. Wait a minute, but five below. Oh, no, wow. Five below's got every. Oh, what am I talking? No, look at five below. Five below's got everything. I have never been in a five below before. Five below's like a catch all type store, huh? I did not know that. All right, well, good. This is good. All right, we'll do some shopping later. Um, don't forget after the two o'clock, uh, after the two o'clock news, two o'clock hour, uh, your most annoying holiday, Christmas if it is, your most annoying holiday tradition that either you have been roped into because of the person you married or something maybe as a child that just really bothered you. Maybe it's still something you do, but it annoys you every Christmas and every holiday season. There's got to be something. Maybe it's something that somebody else does. That you just say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm sick of it. It bothers me. It annoys me. Next hour on the show. So that's in the 2 o'clock hour. Next hour, we talk a lot about homelessness and something that California is doing. Now, shockingly, it costs a lot, but no state has to deal with the homeless issue more than California. And so it's an idea anyway. Could it work here? Hmm. And then this odd story out of Des Moines. This principal is now catching fire nationally because it, he took pizzas before a holiday party. Just confiscated the pizzas. Very odd story there. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue on. We'll have some fun as we roll through a Friday edition of the Wagner Show. Uh, let's see. Uh, look at these people texting in, telling me to go to Five Below. Uh, let's see. Peter from the South Side, you need to get to Five Below. That is one of the best stores out there. Then on Dollar General, yes, I have groceries, but forewarned, do not buy any cheese products. My policy is this. I will not buy produce from these cheaper places. If I'm buying produce, I need to go to something a little bit more. I have certain you know, standards and whatnot for what I buy, where I buy, when I buy it. But there's options out there. But I am surprised that a lot of these discount stores are thriving in this age of, what What would you call it, online supremacy? Eric's got the news in just a minute, and then we continue the Friday before Christmas edition of the Jeff Wagner Show. I'm Scott Warris. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. One oh nine, Scott in for Jeff on this Friday. An hour from now, Friday frivolity will ensue as we will take your calls on your most disliked holiday annoyance. Your biggest holiday annoyance. That's the way to phrase it. I did not watch any of last night's uh, Democrat debate. I was at the Bucks game, I said earlier. What was the biggest takeaway? Eric is still here. What's the biggest thing people are talking about? Zingers. They're all so funny. Is it the Amy Klobuchar wine cave line? Is that the one that is drawing the most? Yes. um, She had a good line on that. Um, Warren had a great line about how they said you'd be 
you'd be old for a president. It wasn't asked that way, but suggesting her age for a president would be up there. And she goes, well, I'd be the youngest woman ever elected. Oh, so that okay. was a, that got a big laugh. Yang had a couple of one-liners here and there. He said something like, I'm glad, or it, it's, I'm proud to be the only minority on stage tonight, but it's saddening or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but he also pitched his book, which people laughed at. He also said that he would include women on his staff because when you put a bunch of guys together, they tend to do stupid things. Hmm. Hmm. Should I go back and watch it? Uh, I've seen every one. I feel like I'm watching an episode, like some sort of Netflix series, where I need to now watch this last episode. The Otherwise, I won't thing, miss something. You can definitely see the sites turn on him now, as they see him as a threat. His huh. polls have risen you know, a little bit there, so you can definitely see they, they're pivoting on him a little. Um, so there's some interesting dynamics there, but otherwise... I, I I don't know if you'll you'll learn anything new that you haven't already. Known what did about Biden do? What are people saying fine. about Biden? He was fine. He was um, he had a couple of one-liners as well. Again, there's zingers everywhere. But did they land? Everybody's. Well, I think yeah, everybody but, walks into a debate going, "All right, here's the two or three lines I'm gonna, I'm going to use." But then it's the delivery, it's the timing, it's the did you the force only one it? that I remember not li- landing? Uh, Sanders said that. You know, he was older, of course, but also oh, white. Yeah, he made a joke about being white, and it, <laughs> it, it kind of floated out there for a second. There wasn't a lot of laughter to it. All right. It's still Biden's to lose. I think that's, that's safe, what just, I, yeah, according to the polls for sure. Yeah. Well, I've been saying that all along. I mean, I've been saying that all along, too. It just, we get into argument, not arguments. We get into debates off the air with other people in the building and say, no, what about this person? Say, no, it's still Biden's to lose. I really think so. I really think it is. And this is the last one of the 2019 year, of course. Um, I don't think they're having another one until February. Yeah, in Iowa. I'm not sure of the date. Will there be as many people on stage for that one, or are they going to get now even... Even more strict and stringent with the qualifications. Some some of the current uh, candidates have already made the qualifications. They've already qualified for it, like the the top four. Mm-hmm. But there's a few there that are on the on the fringe currently, but still some time. Bloomberg won't be there. I was going to say, will Bloomberg make it on any debates? He's not. He's not accepting fundraising money. Oh, that's true. So he's he's basically saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm intentionally not going to qualify. He will be in Milwaukee tomorrow. I know you can cut the you can cut the excitement with a knife. <laughs> I heard you say that in the in the with the twelve thirty newscast, and I went, "Okay, great." Oh yeah, Bloomberg's coming, everybody. Well, but the, I do find that interesting. You, you're seeing him on TV today too. We have a bunch of monitors here at work, obviously, and I've seen his commercial at least a handful, if not more, already. It's one o'clock. It's running all the time. I saw it, the commercial. Maybe was was it a national buy? Like the day after he announced, yeah. when you're a billionaire, you can afford. Mm-hmm. That's why Steyer, I think, has been able to, you know, stick keep, around, keep his head above water, because of the money he has. And Andrew Yang, who would have thought Andrew Yang? Uh, nobody knew who Andrew Yang was the fir- for the first debate, and all of a sudden, who's this guy? And he's still there. He's he's qualifying. He's he's got the the financial qualifications to make the debate stage. He's gotten the the donation. I mean, all he's all engaging the- too. He's a, he's a likable yeah. character. Mm-hmm. But even then, you called him a character. Well, like he's I, a likable character that, because which means you're, you're not would- giving him enough. Oh, and I didn't mean it like that. I just, I, they're, they're all characters. Oh, they're all characters. You know, they, all, they do. They all, they're, they're almost not real people at the moment when you see so many <laughs> candidates. They are. 
not. They're almost robots. I think I will watch it, though, maybe this weekend if I get a throw it on on the side computer side, put it on my computer while I'm watching football or something like that. Oh, no, somebody laughed. i got to turn it back. What was it? I that do have it. 90 seconds of a summary for it for you sometime if you want it. I'll give really? it to you a little audio package. Should we do together. that for the people? Do people yeah. care about this? It's it's 90 seconds of all the fun. Oh, the, okay. So th- th- these are some of the best one-liners? Yes, yes. The highlights? The, yes. the, the funny moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Would you like to hear it? Let's let's do this as a public service for me <laughs> and for all of you out there who I know want to yeah. know what happened last night. All the best singers. Here you go. If elected, you would turn 82 at the end of your first term. You'd be the oldest president in American history. Are like you Winston willing? Churchill. Are you willing to commit American history? American history. Yes. Are, are you? I was wi- joking. That was a oh, joke. Okay. Right. I appreciate it. Politico doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Oh, we've got a great sense of humor. <laughs> are, they wouldn't have put me on stage otherwise. Elizabeth has done me the honor of starting to read my book. Yes. I would love to give each of you a copy of my book. <laughs> Senator Sanders, you are the oldest candidate on stage this and evening. And I'm white as well. <laughs> yes. I just think you should respect Sorry. our experience. You actually did denigrate my experience, Senator, and it was before the break, and I was going to let it go because we got bigger fish to fry here. You oh, I don't think we have bigger fish to fry than picking a president of the United States. I'm on the record saying that you need both strong men and female leaders in government because the fact is if you get too many men alone and leave us alone for a while, we kind of become morons. You would be the oldest president ever inaugurated. I'd like you to weigh in as well. Uh, I'd also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated. <laughs> wow. Now I'm caught up. Now I don't have to watch it. This is great. Good job, man. Bernie. Bernie. I'm also white. What? Well, I got to go back and watch yeah. how that played out in real time. Didn't play out very well. This, this just in, Bernie. Yeah, we know. 115, Scott for Jeff. We'll continue now. Now that everybody's caught up on the, on the on the presidential campaign trail, we'll continue in a moment on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, so. I mentioned California has issues with the homeless, right? And now, this is, I mean, you talk about a radical outside-the-box thinking. I guess in some way, shape, or form, I will give credit to California and um, some leaders there for at least thinking outside the box, because that has been one of my gripes, one of my frustrations with our local officials and our statewide officials here in Milwaukee, here in Wisconsin, is that there's not enough being done. Uh, I don't feel as if uh, this problem is being addressed on the scale with the seriousness that it should be. I think for all of us who live here in this area, you can tell that this year, as we end 2019, if you think back on the year, you will have to tell yourself, look, the homelessness, the panhandling that has been on the streets of 2019 was worse than 18 which was worse than 17, which was worse than 16. Something has happened in the last handful of years. But anyway, in California, this proposal, and keep in mind, in 2018, California's homeless population was 
almost 130,000. That's about a quarter of the national total. That's the most recent information we have available. So puts that in some perspective, obviously. But here's their idea. It is a crowdfunding effort to try and solve the U.S. homeless crisis because I guess in some ways they could attract homeless people from around the country if they have a way of getting out there, obviously. The idea is this. Build a 300-acre city open exclusively to those without a home. 300-acre neighborhood, a city. The founder of the um, organization Citizens Again released details yesterday of his plans for an estimated $3 billion private city. It is equipped with amenities and services for a 150,000 high-needs population. Qualified citizens, they don't know what the criteria would be, although mine would be, do you have a home? No? Okay, you're qualified. But (laughs) will be allowed to live in the city and are free to leave whenever they wish. Some might want to stay forever. They put out a press release. The all-inclusive city, listen to this, will offer high-density housing in dormitories consisting of sleeping quarters and communal bathrooms with private showers. Residents would be provided uh, RFID-enabled wristbands to gain access to their dorm rooms, as well as perform tasks like job check-in, purchasing items with credits, medicine consumption, and more. There's four different neighborhoods in this 300-acre city. Each of the neighborhoods will have their own cafeteria, and kitchen, and multiple scheduled eating times to accommodate a 150,000-person population. The neighborhoods will also be fitted with tiered seating for residents to watch television in a community setting within their neighborhood. Part of the effort will involve building underground tunnels by which deliveries can be made and city workers can commute to job sites. Hmm in order to minimize disruption of citizen life. Anybody want to react to this as I'm reading this remarkable proposal? We can talk about the viability of it, but 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I said, going into this, the one, the one compliment, at least to this point, that I'll give is, all right, this is outside the box. This is thinking a little bit beyond the parameters of most people, I think. And when those living in this city are prepared to leave, they will be provided with job and life skills training along with counseling and therapy. It'll be a city they'll want to live in, a community they'll want to be part of, and for those that desire an opportunity to gain life skills to integrate back into society, there is a GoFundMe effort with a goal of $50,000 for the proposed city. As of uh, last check, as of Thursday, do you want to have an, you want to you want to guess at how much money they raised on this? Again, it's a three billion dollar private city equipped with everything that I just went through. The GoFundMe effort currently has a goal of fifty thousand dollars for the proposed city, and as of yesterday, they have raised just sixty bucks, sixty bucks for this proposal. Now again. 
the one thing I will say, and I don't compliment California or leaders there and some of their policy, a lot of their policies, and I don't do it off. But at least in this instance, it is okay. That's an idea. That's something that is unique. It's different. The price tag, though, is so extravagant. This is, you know, shooting for the moon to try and solve a problem, <laughs> knowing that the 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 odds, the chances of actually reaching the moon are probably rather slim to none, right? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. I just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's fascinated by this idea. Again, do not confuse fascinate with, oh, Scott thinks this is great and this is going to work. It is, again, it's a crowdfunding effort hoping to solve the homeless crisis, 300-acre city, just to those without a home. Now, obviously, you'd have to employ people to, in some ways, provide for the medical needs and the therapy and things like that. But, uh, wow. Maybe the most surprising thing... I could ask that. What do you think is the most surprising thing of this? Again, California, dorm housing, communal TVs, underground tunnels for an all-inclusive $3 billion, 300-acre city for the homeless. Maybe the most surprising thing in this is what? 855-616-1620. Shoot me a text. Give us a call. You can make a guess. <laughs> There's one thing on my mind. Two minutes. I'll share. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So just read that story out of California. Just $3 billion, 300-acre city. This is where all the homeless are going to go, as they have 130,000 at last count homeless. That was in 2018. Again, it's a California crowdfunding effort. The GoFundMe page with the goal of fifty thousand was that seed money. What is fifty thousand on three billion? That's it's what's smaller than that's mustard seed money. Uh, fifty thousand dollars is the goal right now on the GoFundMe page, and they've got just sixty bucks. I said, what is the most surprising thing to you in this? Um, on the text line, uh, let's see the two six two. The most surprising thing to me is that they've only raised sixty bucks. <laughs> Where are all the bleeding hearts? Yes. That that's probably the funniest thing to me. Maybe. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, let's quickly head out to Waukesha. Let's talk to Bob. Hi, Bob. What uh, what kind of surprised you about the details regarding this this uh, this big city, these neighborhoods that they want to build for three billion out there? Well, Scott, my initial reaction was the lack of response to the GoFundMe page, which you already pointed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, but, uh, and I was going to say the answer is not housing them under bridges, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's not the answer. Uh, we need to find an answer because this is a growing yeah. problem, especially in California, where there are so many military bases that uh, perform basic training. And then obviously, in some areas of California, and comparatively, in most areas of California, the weather lends itself to being outside. I, it, it's just, it, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible problem. It really is. No, I, I, I share the frustration 
that you... Here's the thing, Bob. I'll keep you on the line here as I tell you. The thing that struck me was, this is California. And yes, the $60 total right now on the GoFundMe page for people in that state who, as the uh, texter said, wear the bleeding hearts that have only given 60 bucks, but kind of along those lines. This is California, and the first effort, the first push was is is a crowdfunding effort. I am absolutely eh, shocked is a strong word, but I I'm surprised that this is not a hat in hand to Sacramento saying, "Will you help fund a 3 billion dollar 300 acre city for the homeless?" I am absolutely surprised that this is not an an attempt at least at this point, put it that way, we'll see how much they raise on their GoFundMe page, that this was, that, that the default setting, that the the first source of finance in California is usually what? Taxpayer dollars. So I, I was just, I, I was in, impressed in some ways about this outside the box, just the idea, just the concept. It was like, oh, it's kind of a cool idea. Now, logistically, and, and is it realistic? Uh, it, that's a whole other story. But the fact that, first of all, they're, they're thinking of crowdfunding. They've gone to the crowdfunding, the online, hey, can you donate money? They've gone that route rather than go to Sacramento or try to work on some sort of piece of legislation, which I'm not saying will not happen. And go that route to get the money to to force California taxpayers to finance the city first. I just it, it's a little refreshing. I mean, may, maybe I'm cynical, but we've seen California and how they operate, and this is well, this is kind of uh, outside the norm of of what I've I've come to expect from California when it comes to how to finance different projects and whatnot. So, I don't know. Thanks for the call, Bob. I, that. That would surprise me. The first line, the California crowdfunding effort. Really? Oh, I thought for sure they would have gone to Gavin Newsom and the the state legislature and said, look, here's our idea. What do you think? I mean, would it have surprised anybody? We would have expected it to say, you know, a a California legislative effort or a a taxpayer-funded proposal has been put forth in California to finance a $3 billion, 300-acre city for the homeless. That's, That's what struck me now i mean the details of it and that's shooting for the moon but you're right like uh like said it's it is a problem i give them credit for for coming up with this idea but it really is and it's obviously a larger problem in california than it is here doesn't mean that it's not a problem here coming up after this at 140 i just i don't know where i'm going to go with this right now but I did feel like it's just such an odd decision. And I don't know if this is a rules are rules type of decision, type of person by this principal in Iowa who has, I guess, now wears the moniker of the Grinch at this particular school. But, well, maybe. But I thought tis the season. Anyway, I got the details coming up in two minutes because so much for the pizza party for the kids, according to the principal. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This teacher, principal, in Des Moines. You know, we used to have um, pizza parties. It was one of the best things about, I'm thinking now specifically grade school, okay? Some of those pizza parties, like, like today. Because today, for a lot of kids, is the last day before Christmas break, holiday break. 
I'm, maybe not colleges that have had exams a couple of weeks ago, but high schools and middle, junior high, grade school, middle school, things like that. So th- the pizza party on the Friday, December, tw- the Friday before Christmas, those are some good memories. Maybe you'd have a gift exchange with the kids in the class and the teacher and stuff like that. Those are some of the best memories that I think a lot of, well, a lot of adults have when they think back on their childhood in school or on the holidays, right? Well, <laughs> the story out of Des Moines. An Iowa school principal is now apologizing. Of course, of course he is. After coming under attack on social media from parents and others for taking pizzas away from a classroom of kids being rewarded by their teacher before the holiday break. What? The parent, one of the parents, Neil Erickson, he's got his son in the class. He posted it yesterday afternoon. He writes, my son had been excited for days about the pizza lunch with his teacher, but that Brody Middle School principal, Thomas Hoffman, Principal Hoffman, took the food away. The teacher was left in tears. The teacher was left in tears. Dad said, I just couldn't believe it. Well, what happens with social media and posting like that? Thousands of angry responses were shared by others. They've accused Hoffman of being a Grinch. And here we're talking about it in a radio station in Milwaukee. The principal wrote a note to parents late Thursday afternoon apologizing, saying that he removed the pizzas in an attempt to be fair to all students at the school. That, and I realize you're rolling your eyes going, Scott, this is a pizza party at a school in Iowa. What? It, but I, I, And I know that. But oftentimes, and I say this when something happens with, with money, and I always say that sometimes the smaller the dollar amount, the more upset we get because it's, it's something we can relate to. We talk about billions of dollars, trillions of dollars. It's tough to get kind of outraged sometimes about that. You talk about somebody maybe getting robbed of a couple hundred dollars or a scam whereby somebody was scammed out of or, you know, swindled out of 500 bucks. It kind of, it hits a little closer to home because, well, we don't have billions or trillions. So we've all, pizza party in school, we all have this. And this is why it kind of ticks me off a little bit. And I think you as well. The post is, you know, thousands of angry responses. Like I said, the, the principal says, I wanted to be fair to all students at the school. That applies to everything. From the chances they have to learn in the classroom to rewards and recognitions by our teachers and staff. We have discussed this from time to time as a school, he wrote. However, he goes on, I do want to apologize for being overly strict in in applying that standard today when it came to one of our classrooms. Most of all, I want to apologize for disappointing any of our students and punishing them. I understand that many people have been talking about having pizzas delivered to Brody tomorrow. If that's the case, we'll gladly welcome any donations and arrange for a nice send-off for our 700 students on the last day before winter break. So he's trying to, you know, a little mea culpa here the day after. (laughs) So the teacher, a teacher in this school, in this middle school, wanted to have a pizza party for their class, just the class. But because it wasn't for the entire school of 700 people, the principal steps in and says, nope, 
Nada, nothing. I was reading more, and there's other local affiliates and news entities in the Des Moines area were discussing it. The other, so what they what he did was he he go, he hears of it. He goes into the classroom. He confiscates all the pizza. He hauls it off to the to the to the principal's office. Doesn't let anybody eat it. It just sits there. It goes cold, and then he let the teacher pick up all the cold pizza after school. This is one of those examples. One of those real life, and I think for, for, for many of us, tangible examples of the absurdity of the rules are ruled. What did he say here? We have a standard. I mean, come on. We have a standard that, uh, we, we, that, that applies to everything from the chances they have to learn in the classroom to rewards and recognitions by our teachers and staff. So because this one teacher wanted to reward his or her one class, with having pizza for, I don't know, half hour, an hour, whatever, who cares? We yanked it out of the classroom altogether. And then he apologized and backtracked. It's one of those simple moments, one of those little things, one of those rules are rules mentality. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's the holidays, man. Come on. But the rules are rules where people are out there. And unfortunately, in this case, and now he's getting, is this a good thing that social, is this, is this the power of social media for good? I think so. There deserves to be some shaming. Because here's the thing, if, because that, that's the next step. We talked yesterday about that uh, Lyft driver who was shamed, wrongfully so, on social media for a goodwill gesture he made to a driver, and now his... His, you know, his Lyft career is in jeopardy because his license plate was put out there and whatnot. That was social media for bad. In this case, to bring some criticism on this principle, I think is warranted. I don't think I'm being inconsistent there. I think you have to judge it on a case-by-case basis. Social media shaming can be used for good. It can be used for bad. A little shaming doesn't hurt. Sometimes a little shaming, I think, for uh, Principal Thomas Hoffman of Brody Middle School might might do him a little good. He might think the next time he tries to employ his rules are rules mentality and because the entire school population could not be served with this one prize and reward, then nobody should get the reward. A little shaming in this case goes a long way and hopefully it settles into the mind of Principal Thomas Hoffman. See, I'm not anti-social media just because I don't dabble into it as much as most people. doesn't mean I'm anti. You go case by case. Some shaming good, some shaming bad. This shaming, I'm okay with. An opportunity for you to stay warm in your car, though it is 35 degrees, but most importantly, help feed the hungry. Going on right now until 7 o'clock tonight, it is today's TMJ4's Drop Off or Dial Donation event. And uh, your opportunity to give a gift this holiday season of healthy, non-perishable food or cash. They'll accept that, of course, as well. And it's all to help Hunger Task Force feed people in need this holiday season. You can also meet some of the ESPN and WTMJ and TMJ4 on-air personalities while you're here. So you're saying, all right, Scott, I'm interested. I want to help. I want to donate. I want to give a gift of either healthy, non-perishable food or cash. What do I do? Well, swing on by our studios. We are right up here on Capitol Drive, 720 East Capitol Drive. And uh, just pull in the front circle. 
You can drop off your donation. Like I said, you don't even have to get out of your car. We make it very easy for you. And this is running until 7 o'clock tonight. So you've got a little over five hours yet. If you get off from work and can swing over, that would be great. Your food, your cash donation can help make the holiday a little warmer for a local family. So please uh, consider that. And if you have an opportunity, do that. Who knows who might be out there? I heard Santa was out there earlier. Um, I heard that um, Lance Allen was out there. I put those two on the same pedestal. Lance Allen and Santa. That's good. By the way, speaking of today's TMJ4, it's completely blindsided by the news that Carol Meekins is going to step down from the 10 o'clock newscast. Uh, I know that, uh, I think, uh, did they talk about it yesterday when she was on with Mercure on the afternoon show? I don't know. I didn't miss it. But anyway, you probably saw it in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. But uh, Carol's going to step down, step back from some of her anchoring duties, and she's going to be hosting a Sunday morning show on today's TMJ4. It'll be called Positively Milwaukee with Carol Meekins, debuting February 16th, right after Meet the Press at 9 a.m. Of course, Carol has spearheaded the Positively Milwaukee project and that feature um, since uh, Bill Taylor, the former TMJ4 uh, anchor, retired back in the early 2000s. So, you know what, the thing about Carol Meekins... I say this to people, and they're like, oh, you know, what is what is so-and-so like? And what about this? What about that? Carol Meekins, and you know this, Kyle, she is as kind a person as I have ever met in radio or television or broadcasting in general. Like, that's the word for Carol. She's kind. And to her credit, that kindness comes across on television as well. Because sometimes your real personality... Maybe more so, I think, in television, in that um, media than radio, because radio, look, when we're just talking, a personality comes through, whether we want it or not, it comes through. But television, you know, it can be tough. And when you're delivering the news, how do you intertwine personality? How do you allow your personality to come through the television screen when you're delivering, in, in essence, the nightly news? But she does it. Carol does that, and you know, in opportunities I've had to interact with her on the air, on, on this station, off the air, if in a simple hallway conversation, she is as kind. That's the word for Carol Meekins. Kind, 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 kind-hearted woman, and uh, we'll miss her anchoring the nightly news at 10 o'clock. Um, she is going to still, let's see, what do they say here? Uh, she'll still anchor the 5 o'clock newscast, but um, yeah, she's been doing the 10 p.m., Remember with Mike Goucher and Mike Jacobs? She's been working with uh, Shamraz now since um, um, the retirement, basically, of Mike Goucher. So, hmm. We'll miss seeing her at 10 o'clock, but Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., right after Meet the Press. Positively Milwaukee with Carol Meekins. All right. I bet you even Carol Meekins has some annoyances during the holidays, as kind as she is. That's what we are doing next hour. Okay, some of you were texting in at the start of the show. This is now your opportunity. Line up some calls here and some texts. 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage, talk and text line. The holidays are Obviously, Thanksgiving's in the rearview mirror. We got Christmas, Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, whatever the holiday is you celebrate, New Year's, obviously, we are in the heart of it. And I am willing to bet 
whether you want to admit it or not, there is something, maybe someone, but usually something, some practice, some habit, some tradition that annoys the you-know-what out of you. And that's what I'd like to do. With a little Friday, we, we won't be able to do Pop Culture Corner because that is property of Mr. Wagner. So we'll leave that for Jeff when he gets back in the new year. So we'll have a little Friday frivolity. 855-616-1620. Annoying holiday traditions. Maybe you still practice it. Maybe it was something you did and were forced to do when you were younger. Maybe it was something that you've seen others do and you just go, man, that really bugs the heck out of me. But there's something. All the joy, all the jubilation, it's great. But I know there are annoyances out there this holiday season. If you're too embarrassed to give your name, we'll give you a fake name. That's fine. 855-616-1620. And as I always say when we do Friday Frivolity, the feature will only be as successful as you make it. Nobody calls and nobody texts, then we'll move on to something else in the 2 o'clock hour. But it's... The Friday before Christmas. It's the Friday before the really heart of the holiday stretch. Let's have some fun. Let's have some foolishness. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's go. Your most annoying holiday traditions after the news with Melissa on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. All right, Jeff is out. Last hour of the final show before Christmas. I am Scott. It is Friday. Not Pop Culture Corner. That belongs to Jeff. I can't impinge, infringe, step upon that territory. We respect that and leave that to him. So we're going to have some Friday frivolity. And at 855-616-1620 on the last Friday before Christmas, I want to hear your, well, we'll phrase it this way, your most annoying holiday practice tradition, the thing that happens every year. And every year you go through it. And every year you roll your eyes or you get annoyed or it bothers you to some degree. Maybe it's something that used to happen when you were a kid and every year Aunt Claire would give you the pair of underpants and every year you had to pretend you were excited to get underwear from Aunt Claire and it was just it just got annoying. And then the older you get, the more excited you are to get well, underwear and socks and stuff. But are you? <laughs> sure. Are you really? So the the, the phone <laughs> lines are open. Uh, Melissa's going to hang for a second because I'll ask you. Kyle, I'll ask you as well. 855-616-1620. Only a couple people here on, on, online. Come on. I know there's something that annoys everybody. I mean, everybody has some annoyance. Um, real quickly, let's uh, look at the text line for a moment. The 414 says, listening to barking dogs sing jingle bells. This. This annoys the 414 texter. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see, another 414. So some people are hitting on the song beat, which I can, I guess, I cannot stand the song Last Christmas. It's an earworm. It is depressing, and it is not a Christmas song. It just as easily could have occurred on Arbor Day, or more likely Valentine's Day. All right, there you go. That's not bad. Um, 
We'll get to the other uh, texts in just a moment. But since you're still here, Melissa, yeah. your most annoying, or not most, but one of the things that just annoys you this time, sure. with, with all the joy and the fun and the <laughs> happiness and the tears and the emotion and the crying. Yeah, the, it can be a lot. What just kind of grinds my gears? So I have a couple of things that I can talk about. Please. Because I... T- you know, deep down, I have a lot of things that annoy me, just like in life, right, are, in general. You are easily annoyed. <laughs> but we are talking about the holidays. Yes. So uh, you traveling, I think, for the holidays, always being the one expected to do the traveling because I don't have kids. I think that's something that... You know, every year it's like, oh, are you coming to Christmas? Well, are you coming to my Christmas, right? Yeah. No, so I think you're coming after, to me. I'm not going to you. You come to me. So, right. So, but... Okay, so I feel like but, I'm not heard. But I'm you're saying heard. because you don't have kids... Right. Your vote it's doesn't count. It's so easy count. for you to travel, even though it's five, you know, five, yes. five or six hours. I think people can relate to that. You know, I mean, I have other things that I that I do. I have mm-hmm. a boyfriend. I have, you know, he's got kids. Like, there's he's got a life. There, yeah, I have Hello? a life, but but because I don't have kids, hmm. um, I'm always expected to be. But then when I say, hey, why don't you come here? It's like crickets. Can you do crickets? Wow, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> no crickets. Really? I, yeah. So See, I, I yeah. would think your because you don't have kids. Your place might be more, or, or looked upon more favorably. Well, yeah, right. Because oh, look at all that room she's got. That house or that ap- wherever room, we are, the house, then, that apartment. And oh, it's no decorated kids. nice. And okay, it's clean. You know, stuff like that. So yeah, and then another one is um, I don't get a, I don't get a lot of these, but sometimes you know, braggadocious mm-hmm. uh, Christmas cards. If people are really braggy about stuff, like I mean, I get it, but I, I don't know the Christmas letter. Well, some people do that. But I have noticed... Depends on how it's done. I suppose. I have noticed when it comes to the Christmas letter, real quickly, and again, Mm -hmm. 855-616-1620. If you're on the line, hang on, we'll get to you. Kyle lines you up. The Christmas letter for a lot of people has turned into, well, for a couple people I know, has turned into the uh, Christmas email. I haven't gotten any emails, but no, I understand. It just my inbox. Oh, okay. Okay, I guess you're saving a tree by not mailing a piece of paper <laughs> but still they could still print it out and put it in a card the christmas letter it is pretty much a, pretty long it's pretty braggadocious it right? is sometimes and it can be yeah is it not intended to be braggadocious i think it, it might be i don't i don't do those letters so i'm not sure what the i mean i think it's just like an update for some people if we haven't True. talked to you throughout the whole year but then sometimes it's like mm, okay but here's a the little thing bit about that in this day and age with social media, that's true. With Facebook, with Instagram, with Twitter, with anything and mm-hmm. everything, we live in a society where it is so much what easier to stay in touch with each other sure. during the other eleven months. Well, this is if you're year. not even talking to the person. You can just kind of look at their Facebook page or their Twitter page, kind of see what they're doing. Right? You don't even need to talk to people. You can just see it. Which is another good point because some people their Christmas card. Is not really a card anymore. Yeah. It's a photo. It is. Of them. From Shutterfly, usually. And the family. Mm-hmm. We know what you look like because <laughs> you post 7,200 photos every week online. So we are keeping up. There's I, something about the Christmas photo that people do every year. I have, I have a few on my refrigerator that I got in the mail. You know, people, people's family is, oh, well, this is what we look like. All right. Yeah, they're nice. I like them. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, do you feel better getting it off your chest? I do. Okay, good. <laughs> 855-616-1620. That is what we are doing on the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Your 
most annoying holiday traditions or practices. On the text line, Tangled Lights gets a vote. Uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah, I don't like the Christmas letter. If it's loaded with all those braggy things, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Text line heating up. Calls coming in. Hugh, Bob, Vicky, hang on. An open line for you when we come back on WTMJ. Hey, happy holidays. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. The person who said they're annoyed by the Jingle Bells version where dogs bark the song. They said every time we hear it, incidentally, the dogs bark. And when we played it, they barked. There you go. You're welcome for that. All right, 855-616-1620. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Orlando. Let's talk to Hugh. All right, Hugh, happy holidays. What are you most annoyed by this time of year? Or once were annoyed? Thank you and happy holidays. I'm on my way to the Orlando airport to fly back to Milwaukee, uh, West Dallas, for the holidays with the family. But as a child growing up, uh, we always opened our gifts at, on Christmas Eve, but we had to go to church first for the for the uh, Christmas Eve uh, uh, program. And it, for, as, a, as a young child, it seemed like that lasted for ever and I, I couldn't wait to, for Silent Night because that was the last song that we all sing and go home and uh, uh, to this day I still don't go to church I go on, on, on Christmas but not on Christmas Eve <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, thanks for the call Hughes, safe travels and uh, I'll see you in West Dallas when you get here for the holidays I, I can relate to that because as a child in grade school we uh, on Christmas Eve we it was our, our Christmas Eve service and we had to sing and do all the recitations and things like that but there were always two services it was like a four o'clock and maybe like a six thirty service seven o'clock service so yeah and we were a christmas eve family as well and there i was sitting i still remember this it's one of the most vivid memories of these christmas eve services i had to be in probably third or fourth grade sitting there looking up at the panels on the ceiling of church not paying at all attention to anything that's happening in front of me, but just thinking of what did I get for Christmas? Thinking of what is what is Santa left under the... Because Santa would always come in between services because we're opening our gifts Christmas Eve. But yes, I, I can definitely... Uh, you know, sympathize with the sitting through a Christmas Eve two, in my case, two church services as a child for, well, at least the K through eight grade, um, knowing that gifts are awaiting me, but not before you perform the songs and the recitations at church. It's good. All right, that could be annoying. 855-616-1620. Let's go to Port Washington. Bob, what annoyed you or still annoys you during the holidays? Well, it, it used to annoy me a lot. My, my mother used to always, she had to have a tombstone pizza at Christmas Eve. Now, why would why, why, why would pizza annoy you? Uh, because I didn't really like pizza. So, <laughs> so Fair any, enough. Any, any, anyways, when she died in 93, we still carry on that tradition. Uh, very good. Still a tombstone pizza on Christmas Eve. Exactly. That's what she always wanted. And that's what all, all my kids do that now. See? But fun. see, here's the thing. As a child... As a youngster, before you matured, Bob, you were annoyed by it. But now, oh, no, this this one was matured. Yeah, oh, <laughs> fair enough. All right, Bob. Now you've made it a tradition yourself. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. 
All right, back to the text line for a moment. Tom and Vicky will get to you on the phones in a second. Uh, a couple of open lines for you, though, if you want to weigh in. To the text line, this irritates the heck out of me. My family and in-laws come over, and I put out drinks, you know, booze, for them to enjoy. They proceed to go into my personal stash of top-shelf bourbons and help themselves. I did not put that out intentionally. They get rail drinks, and that's it. That would annoy me as well. Look, I put out the drinks I want you to drink. Don't go into my secret personal stash and try the top-shelf stuff. 855-616-1620. Vicky in West Bend, what annoys you during the holidays? I get annoyed by the music playing and the Christmas lights all being on everything before Thanksgiving <laughs> has even gone by. So if it's I Halloween, people... you don't want the lights on? Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> Halloween lights, yes, but not Christmas lights. You know, everybody should take the time just to be thankful that they could have Halloween, Thanksgiving, <laughs> and can have Christmas with their families and stuff. So please, people, don't start before Thanksgiving. That I, I'm with you on that one, and thanks for the call, Vicki. And I think a lot of the radio stations in town have gotten a little better, I feel, in terms of waiting. There was a time, well, Jane can tell you uh, from her music day, there was a time when, I mean, November 1st, early November, it's Christmas music. Now, Day after Thanksgiving. That's when we can turn the page to Christmas. 855-616-1620. Hang on the line. Got a couple of texts as well. We continue on this final Friday before Christmas. Taking your calls on your most annoying holiday practice or tradition. Maybe it's still in effect. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Daniel in Waukesha. Texting in, my first wife's family had a tradition of having an eggnog toast after opening their gifts. And then another eggnog toast after eating dinner. Well, I could not stand and I still cannot stand eggnog. I almost want to throw up just trying to, they're just thinking about it, let alone trying to drink it. He says, thankfully, my new wife hates eggnog as much as I do. Well, Daniel, that was maybe a sign that, hey, number two is is the right one, I guess, perhaps. I love eggnog. You could pump eggnog, not year-round, mind you, but I love eggnog. Pump it right into my veins. Give me that stuff. And even if, if you get a little brandy, a little bourbon in there, that's fine, or just right out of the jug. Right out of the jug, Kyle. I'm an eggnog guy. Kelly's big thing has been to throw some uh, some McGillicuddy's, some schnapps in there. Sure. That's, that's been her nightly thing lately this past week. Real quick, uh, do you have an annoyance you want to get off your chest here this oh, holiday man. season? Oh, Hugh, man. Hugh came in for the clutch right away for me because I identified with his 100%, having to go to church uh, on Christmas Eve. And then after, and I enjoyed this uh, sort of tradition to this day, we would, after church, we would drive around different neighborhoods and look at people's lights, mm. which was nice. But 
man, it really made me hate going to church. Hate, it oh, made me no. hate hate seeing the lights of people's houses. No. I was like, I want to go home and get my video games and just not <laughs> do anything for the rest of the night. And yeah, so you're like gritting your teeth a little mm-hmm. bit like, I, I just want to go home. You're, you're distracted. I mean, as a child, you're distracted as it is on everything. But you're sitting in church and you're thinking, yeah, exactly. And then they made you drive. We used to do that too. We would maybe take a little drive after church through Candy Cane Lane. You're going, all right, I've seen the lights. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I've done that uh, two out of the past two years. I told told Kaylee, not next year. No way. Sorry, Candy Cane Lane. You're awesome. I'll catch you in two years. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tom in Watertown, what annoys you during the holidays, Tom? Well, let me tell you, it's the cleaning. It's the, my wife leaves me these little sticky notes on the uh, kitchen table every day, and she'll have little jobs on there like when you clean the china cabinet. Well, if you ch- clean a china cabinet, you know you got to pull everything out of the china cabinet. Mm. Once you get in there, it's worse than what you think. You got to clean the glass. You got to then you got to put everything back. And is it, when you put everything back, is you know, is it right? Is this right? Is that right? Today I got a. Uh, living room tables so you got to take apart the tables you got to clean them with wax and then you got to clean the glass on top and then you got to put them back you know you think it's going to only take you a couple of minutes but it takes you like an hour on one table <laughs> so it just sucks cleaning and then it's only for a day the people come and they te- tear up your house and then they're gone so that's what annoys me D- tom do, do you feel better getting this off your chest I do a little bit, Scott. <laughs> well, a, Tom, are, are you a golfer? Do you like to golf when the weather is cooperative in that regards? No, I don't. Do you know somebody who does? <laughs> I probably do, but I, I'll tell you, I'm not. No, I, I better not take that certificate. All right, fair enough. We'll uh, we'll get because you were so good, Tom. You were, uh, but I'm, I'm glad you got that off your chest, though. So, so I hope your do you? I hope your mother's listening to their show now. Do you have any idea what your sticky note will be tomorrow? Or, do, or don't you get a post-it note on a Saturday? Well, I, I, I think it's going to be the bathroom floor. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's getting grosser yeah. as we get closer to Christmas. All right, Tom. Thanks, man. Have a great holiday. Appreciate it. Yeah, t- uh, the, uh, the sticky notes. Uh, let's see. Well, the 414, I drive truck. And as a truck driver, holiday traffic annoys the heck out of me. Uh, on the 414... Every year, instead of getting something I would like for Christmas, my mother gets me a bunch of Christmas kitchen towels. Every year! Exclamation point. Two years ago, I asked her to stop, and she explained that after Christmas, that stuff is all 90% off, so it's cheap, and she knows all of us can use them. So every year, I end up giving my Christmas gift to a homeless shelter because I don't need Christmas towels, kitchen towels, every year. Man, there's a lot of exclamation points in that particular text. We'll carry this over a couple moments longer. 855-616-1620. Acuna Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Your biggest or most annoying holiday practices or traditions. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, just a couple of moments here and then we'll uh, move on, but I want to make sure I get these calls in. We've been talking about your most annoying holiday tradition. The kind of guy I am, folks. You could talk about your favorite gift, your favorite song, your most treasured memory. What do I do? I want to hear what annoys you the most. Hey, that's how I roll. Chris and Cedarburg, what annoys you this time of year? You know what? What really annoys me is the food issue. It's like 
We do not live in a third world country. You can get ham, turkey, roast beef, pork, any time of year. And then all of a sudden, everybody overeats. They freak out. They cook once a year. It's like, you know what? You can make this stuff all year round. So it's not a big deal. Just control your portions, enjoy your food, enjoy your family. And you know what? Maybe make it during the middle of the summer, cook on the grill, do something different. But it's just the same, same story every year. (laughs) So wait, so I'm trying to, so you're annoyed by people who cook big meals and then complain about it? Or what? Yeah, yeah, they bellyache. But you know what? You can make you can make turkey for your family. Oh. You know, make wow. a casserole all year long. You could do this, but you know, it's it's not like they only have turkeys once a year. You can go to your grocery store and they have it year round. So you know, you can it's make true. this food that's so great year round and just just enjoy it. You know, it's not a big deal. It's just food. Just cook it, eat it, enjoy your family. That's it. <laughs> But it's so funny because we are creatures of habit, Chris. Don't I mean? If could you imagine being invited to somebody's house in, um, let's say June, June eleventh? No, pick, you know what? Well, no, no, no. Hey, hang on. Let, let me just, no, but 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 couldn't yeah, you imagine okay. being invited on like June eleventh to have a nice turkey feast? Wouldn't be like, why? What's the cause? What's the reason? No, no just come on over. No. No, my mom, it's, it's, you know, big family meals, mm-hmm. farm meals. They're farm meals. Oh. You know, you have, you know, you have turkey breast or you have a pork roast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Sunday dinner feast. So mm-hmm. Sundays or holidays to us are no different than, you know, a farm meal any, any, other, any other weekend. It's just, you know, and you don't eat that much because, you know, you get it all the time. So it's like you, you just, it's, it's normal. Sure. I got you. Thanks so, for the uh, all right, honey. Yeah. Have a good holiday. Thanks for the call, Chris. We're going to put you on hold real quick. Let, let's uh, hook up uh, Chris with our twelve days of Sticksmith twenty five dollars Sticks Golf Entertainment gift card. Don't forget, by the way, on Monday on Monday, as uh, we celebrate the twelve days of Sticksmith, the grand prize will be given away a four hundred fifty dollar value. It is a free team of two entry into their winter golf league. WTMJ.com, the place to visit for official contest rules. So we'll uh, we'll give that to Chris. And as Kyle gives her the info, we go to one more call. We go to Bob in Waukesha. Bob, you'll get the last word on what annoys you during the holidays. <laughs> Bob, are you there? Okay, Bob. I now, am. Can now you hear got, me? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. What annoys you? All right. Well, it's kind of a reverse annoyance, and I'm sure Debbie Lozick can identify with this. Uh, The Cubans have a tradition uh, that they dig a hole in the backyard and roast a pork, a pig. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm sure that that doesn't occur in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, And it is to die for, Scott, to die for. And, And by the way, this is Roberto, not Bob. So uh, what? So what annoys uh, you about it, though, Roberto? No, no, no. The absence annoys me. The ad, oh, the fact that we maybe you can't do it, or it's not a common practice here in Milwaukee that, and that is in Wisconsin. True. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. But could, couldn't you do that? Could, could you not? You uh, know, ground ground's pretty hard. You know, to dig true, into true. at this point. Is there an ordinance uh, against they that? Literally. Because, uh, perhaps, and, and they literally dig into the ground, put palm leaves, and Debbie Lazica could probably describe this far better than I, but, but the enough. Cuban food is 
Uh, oh, it's incredible. All right. So the fact we can't do it is what annoys Bob. Thanks for the call, Bob. Very good. All right. It was okay. We've had better Friday for volleys. I'm not going to lie. Some good ones. Some okay ones. There'll be something, I'm sure, that happens over the next couple of days that you go, see this happen. I should have brought this up. I should have mentioned this. 241. When we come back, before we head into the weekend, I have the list of the most Googled people in 2019. The list of the top five. We have information on a freak accident that made Charles Dickens, yes, that Charles Dickens, his final Christmas more sorrowful than you might imagine. And when you try to scratch an itch, but you end up with a bottle up your rear end instead, it's a Friday edition of Great Scott. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 244 before we get to Great Scott. As I've said last year, and the year before that, I just really feel in the depths of my heart, at the bottom of my soul, in my gut, that it really either has to be pajama gram or pajama gram. Either am and am or am and am. Not am am or am am. I, I really feel wholeheartedly this holiday season as I have the last several holiday seasons that the alliterative nature of the product is important that said 245 let's make a little time for I have the list of the five most googled people in 2019 number five R. Kelly he had a rough year Number four, Kevin Hart. Number three, YouTube personality James Charles, who I had to Google to find out who it is. Number two, Jussie Smollett. Of course, the controversy after allegedly staging an attack on himself. That was this year? I guess that was earlier this year. The number one most Googled person in 2019. Now, you got to think here. We were, I was asking people in the office this, and some people, they asked, what well, was it, President Trump? It's, it's not the president. But why do you Google someone? You usually Google someone when you need to know well, who they are. You hear the name. You don't know enough about them. You hear the name in the news cycle, and you go, well, who is that person? It is a sports figure. It is former Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Google's most searched person in the United States for 2019. Of course, he went through a rather bizarre, odd departure, not only from the Pittsburgh Steelers, then the Oakland Raiders, for which he didn't play a game, then the New England Patriots, and his off-the-field antics that have led him to be unemployed as we speak crossed a lot of realms and a lot of different medias. And so, yeah, how about that? Antonio Brown was the person most searched for in Google in 2019. 
Charles Dickens' Last Christmas was a miserable one. We're learning that because a letter was recently discovered in the archives of the National Railway Museum in York, United Kingdom. And apparently, according to this letter, Charles Dickens was eagerly awaiting a 30-pound turkey for his Christmas meal. That feeds a lot of people. When he learned the bird was burned in an unfortunate accident in 1869, the shipment of goods accidentally caught fire on the Great Western Railway. This is what they learned in a letter that the author wrote to the railway company in 1870. He writes in part, quote, I have no doubt my Christmas fare was destroyed by an unavoidable accident and that I bore the loss with unbroken good humor towards the Great Western Railway Company. This was in the letter two months after this tragic accident. The shipment, the turkey, was traveling from Hereford District in western England to Dickens' town of Kent in the east, according to the museum. The accident likely happened uh, between the towns of uh, Gloucester and uh, Reading. Or is it Reading? I think it's Reading. Things went awry... When the frantic message from Dickens was received, all caps, exclamation points, where is that turkey? It has not arrived. The shipment with the turkey and other Christmas packages had been badly damaged in a fire, and all, and it too was burned, and well, he never made it. So sadly, that, that was the last Christmas. He died the next year. Charles Dickens' last Christmas was turkeyless. And last but not least, this is one of those stories that makes you scratch your head. Makes me scratch my head because a patient is recovering after his backside swallowed a bottle while he was trying to relieve an itch. Yeah, that was my reaction too. 60-year-old man not being identified (laughs) was a shock insists that he was trying to scratch his backside, his rear end, when a cologne bottle was gobbled up inside. He went to the hospital where he told doctors, I have a pain in my abdomen. They investigated. When they got to the bottom of it, literally and figuratively, I guess, they found a two-inch wide bottle lodged firmly up his posterior Gastroenterologist Dr. Lynn June, who carried out the surgery, released pictures from the hospital. This, by the way, is in uh, uh, in China, as a warning to others not to do the same. Yeah, a probe found the base of the seven-inch-long Florida water cologne bottle around two inches inside his <clears throat> backside. The patient told me, "My abdomen hurts. There's something inside. I can't." Do my bodily function or flatulate. I'm changing some of the words here. The entire glass bottle was inside his backside. I could feel the bottle under his abdomen. He said his backside was itching. He said, I was very uncomfortable, so I bought a bottle of Florida water and began scratching the itch. That's when the bottle accidentally went up my rectum. (laughs) He added, 
I love this. The doctor, he goes, it's better to seek medical attention and let a doctor help you than to attempt to resolve similar conditions by buying tools and such things. Patient is not expected to suffer any long-term effects apart from embarrassment, international embarrassment, obviously. In August this year, another patient had the same issue with the same brand of cologne. They had to be anesthetized from the waist down. A metal wire was used to hook onto the bottle before it was pulled out. What is with this brand of cologne that apparently is the cologne of choice when it comes to scratching that itch? And that is a Friday Wagner Show edition of... Right, Scott! (sighs) Just think. Man, I got an itch down there. Hand me that bottle of cologne.